Welcome back, lovely people. Big Feed Up HQ podcast. We're in. Really enjoyed today's interview chat, whatever you want to call it, with my friend Jamie. I've known this kid for uh, since, I suppose, met at university, so 18. Really, really interesting guy. He is a personal trainer. Uh, He used to be a semi-professional rugby player. He's played sevens out in Hong Kong. If you're into your CrossFit, you'll understand uh, what the regionals and the CrossFit games are. So Jamie competed at regional level, which is absolutely mega. Uh, We had a really, really strong conversation and strong coffee, which was cool. We got into talking about, I suppose, if people are wanting to work with personal trainer or understanding where they're at in terms of their fitness or movement taking a step back and taking onus on on themselves and and looking at intensities of training we talked a bit about uh, our own approaches as as coaches or practitioners whatever you want to call it so no it's a good conversation really keen to get him back in and hit a few more specific uh, I suppose conversations on remote training programming because it's a lot more accessible for people now Uh, we talked a little bit about high intensity um, and and how to warm up for for you know just general exercise and things if you've been sitting for a while and maybe like to get a bit more on that but yeah i hope you enjoy it and as always share and tell people about this i'm going to try and hopefully do two or three more interviews in march and we'll try and release at least one episode a month at least um, saying at least there twice, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but anyway, I really had a good time, and uh, it was good to catch up with Jamie as well, so enjoy, this is Big Feed Up HQ podcast with Jamie Lau. Oh, we're live, how's it going mate? Yeah, good thanks. Jamie's just taken a couple of extra minutes to compose myself, his, uh, compose himself to organise his clients, because uh, I don't know, when you listen to this, there might not be snow outside, but currently in London... There's a few feet of snow, so um, so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll probably start and and talk to you about my morning coffee because it was absolutely epic. Something called a red eye, which we had to look up. That's basically a a filter coffee. It's a simple drip through filter, and then we added a double espresso on top. So if you're a coffee fiend, then you gotta get involved in this. It's absolutely mega. And then if it's a decaf, what was it? It was called a lazy eye. A lazy eye, yeah. So you know, pretty funny. There's nothing wrong with a decent decaf as well. So you know, we we love a bit of that. But lazy eye, red eye, whatever you want to do. Right, how are you doing? You done? Yeah, done. Let's go. Cool, good man, mate. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you cool. doing? Yeah, good, good. So, uh, mate, do you want to introduce? <laughs> I I think I should introduce myself. Yeah, yeah, go on then. Be good. Uh, actually, no. Why don't you say how we know each other, um, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. Well. Uh, we met, we met at university, we played rugby together, we studied together, um, Jamie went over to Hong Kong for a few years after that and we stayed in contact because he was doing a ton of training and coaching and he's always posting fun stuff on, on Instagram and everything on social so we stayed in contact, he played oh, a decent level of rugby sevens out there so I was always checking out and seeing what he's doing, it seemed really exotic because I was kind of uh, just hankering around in, in Bristol and then in Birmingham and uh, yeah now we're both in London which is great and and yeah I suppose you you know you do a ton of coaching and uh, training and huge foodie like me yeah parents are chefs and things so yeah I suppose that's 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 a bit of a nice intro isn't it really for everyone yeah I think uh, we've interestingly gone through similar routes albeit very different um, places um, and you did 
um, worked with semi-pro pro rugby players. I did the same thing. Um, and we kind of went through understanding of like nutrition and training and sleep and supplementation. We kind of went through our own processes and actually have come back. And even though we've specialized in certain different areas, I think we keep saying like, oh, you did the reading. And I, even just this morning, I like opened up uh, my fridge because I ate some fried chicken last night. Um, and I was having some, and he's like, oh, you put some inulin in your like water there. Like what kind of probiotic are you taking right now? Uh, and I was like, yep, you know, he's like, oh, I've used this with a client and we've done the same thing. I look at his training videos and I'm like, oh, you're doing some, you know, split squats. Why are you, you know, trying to fix someone's knee there? What are you doing? So, uh, it's quite cool. Cause even though we haven't, we probably haven't done any of the same like courses at all. No, yeah. we haven't actually done any of the same courses, but I think lots of principles apply. And, uh, the more we talk, the more we see eye to eye. Uh, albeit from different angles mm. and it's it's good it's good to record an episode like this because obviously everyone sees me on online or when they bump into me and it's all about food and it's all about uh recipes and and eating fueling for performance but i suppose today i wanted to record with jamie because he's got a huge amount of experience with coaching and working with people in terms of movement and then not just necessarily taking clients on in this classic personal training world to to you know make them look better naked i suppose most people do want that but it's uh, it's all about understanding the individual and he's got kind of huge amounts of experience in terms of yeah adapting to 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 the person coming in with a specific goal and then yeah i suppose you're good at just making them step back aren't you and just being like right you know what like how are you feeling at the moment like, yeah I, I think maybe just explore that yeah i think um one of the big things is coming from so working with pro rugby players and like international rugby players is that it was all about literally the performance on the day uh, and getting them feeling good and being powerful then um, and I saw that as you know oh this is really really interesting or whatever but it made me realize that actually the reverse was more interesting for me um, and I think that's the same so the longevity piece of getting people to actually buy into something long term and actually creating sustainable change and actually creating habits that can actually last for a long period of time is so important. And so that whole like season to season or Olympic to Olympic mentality um, seemed good, but actually didn't work because everyone got broken. Everyone was just there for the game. Everyone just cared about themselves. Everyone was just monitoring their own like GPS score or whatever it may be. Mm. And I don't think people were actually looking after the human or actually trying to resonate with the person. So when I looked at particularly, you know, rugby teams train together, they say they do individualized, you know, training, um, but actually they don't. You know, you're a prop and therefore you do prop training or <laughs> you're a, you know, a winger, therefore you do winger. And I'm like, well, there's some things you have to respect that each person does have certain things they need and th- certain like training protocols that work better for them. But equally, Every individual is an individual. Just because you're a prop doesn't mean that you ate the same foods growing up. Doesn't mean that your immune systems are the same as another prop. Doesn't mean that you recover the same as another prop. And therefore, I felt that lots of training in groups were just forced towards making some people better, but potentially making some people worse. Mm. Um, and that made me really interested because I, as a you know young and new strength and conditioning coach at the time, was like, okay, can you give me the weaker players or the people who are on the fringes let me have them and look after them and actually they did really well but it's just only because I actually spoke to them and actually tweaked their programs and actually looked after them and that made me more interested in actually giving proper individualized help programming advice and that could be 
hey mate, why don't you just sit on a bike today for 60 minutes? Like you've come in and you said, this feels tight and blah, 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 but I'm supposed to do hang power cleans and deadlifts. And I'm like, well, maybe you don't need to do that. And they're like, can I? And I'm like, well, it's your choice. Like, this is my advice. Um, and then when they did it, they were like, yep, actually I needed better sleep. You know, my kids have been up all night, blah, 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 work's been hard or whatever. And they just got better progress. And then from that, just learning more about what actually makes people better. Mm. Yeah, well, I suppose in its most simplest form, the people that you work with now, how do you get them? Because, you know, most people don't have a, a sports science team, uh, you know, like a GPS around them, nutritionists, all that kind of thing. Like When you work with someone on a PT level in London, how do you get them to think about how they feel? I know that sounds silly, but, you know, more of, okay, if they've got X on their program or they've woken up and they've got seven days of, 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 you know, a week ahead, they've got some training, they've got work, they've got family, they've got life, they're going to do a weight session on this day, they're going to do a high-intensity session on this day, they're going to run on this day. Um, you know, how do you kind of coach people in terms of being more intuitive? I think it's a lot of things go into that. It's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is actually giving people more and educating them. And I think doing, you know, listening to a you know podcast like this and actually reading content helps that. So, you know, I push people to actually start to understand themselves more. And that could be monitoring their sleep. That could be seeing how many steps they, you know, walk. It could be seeing how much like power output they have on a watt bike. It could be loads of different things. But ultimately, whatever they want you've got to try and resonate with how they feel. And so if every you know morning they do some kind of like meditation practice and they feel like their minds are really uneasy, then that could be something. But that might not be possible for some people. You know, they might not like doing that. They might not be able to actually feel anything. It could be how their urine color is. You know, it could be so many different things, but you've actually got to find what that person feels like. And, you know, it could be a toe touch in the morning. They could wake up and be like, how close am I to touching my toes? Mm. You know, it's a very crude test. What does it show? Maybe nothing, maybe loads of things. Maybe it's something they can read to, maybe not. But without giving people some awareness of how their body feels, you know, they can just walk around and be like, how does my, you know, hip feel like? How does my back feel like? They can put their neck in a little circle and say, you know, do it, does it feel tight today? How did I sleep? You know, am I arguing with my other half? Like anything <laughs> can be an indicator. And then when they come in, the biggest thing is just not to, everything is important, but nothing's important. Like I try and make that big distinction. So if you care, I think like for me as a coach and for Matt as a nutritionist or as a you know trainer that he's been in the past, like we look at everything we try not to get stuck on everything. Because if he mm. sat there and went through every single thing that could potentially be the issue, mm. then nothing would get done. Same thing, if I came in and I was like, oh, but their left toe doesn't go on the ground and their right hip is slightly to the right and their left shoulder slightly sagged, like, they can't do any training. I'm like, well, no. Like, but probably don't make them do squats and deadlifts if both their back, ankle and shoulder hurts. Mm. Maybe they can do some single leg work. Maybe they can't. Maybe they can do step-up work. Maybe they can do single hinge work, whatever it may be. It's the same thing, I guess, with nutrition where you're like, there's 50 things I could potentially change here, but I'm probably using my experience, using my knowledge, using some science, using some gut feeling. I'm going to change the three or five that are probably going to make the biggest difference. And then just chill. Like, don't go crazy on it. Like, 
you know, people look at sometimes my Instagram and my profile and what I do, and I'm like, do they actually train? Mm. Like, it looks like all you do is like warm up with them and do their mobility work, and I'm like, that's because people care about that stuff. But ultimately, yeah. loads of my clients deadlift, loads of them squat, mm. but only when it's right for them. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then they understand that. So then we when we warm up for 20 minutes every session, mm. and they do have a sweat on and they are moving, they actually know why they're doing it. Otherwise, they'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm not getting a lot for my session. But then after the war, I'm like, go and squat. And they're like, wow, my hips feel so much better. And I've been sitting in an office for eight hours. Mm. Or like, oh, on the cycle home, I felt like my right hip actually was actually getting tired because I actually feel like I can actually use that glute. And I'm like, yeah, because when you came out of your training session, it actually felt better than when you went in. And when I say better, it doesn't mean like on the floor rolling around, mm. like dying. It actually means, no, I feel more active. I feel my hips are moving. I feel my back's good. I feel my spine's, you know, rotating, whatever it may be. And I think that's the difference between, I don't want to <laughs> say it in that many words, but like better personal training and maybe less good personal training. Mm. No, but yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's why we kind of record these kind of conversations because it, yeah, we can be honest about those kind of things and yeah it's exactly the same when someone comes in now with, with me and, and nutritional clinics and stuff that I work in it's um, yeah I'm, I'm trying to get better what do you want from me and then I look at everything around it and it's it's about yeah centralising into that and kind of kind of taking a case history and understanding like you said the learn, their learned behaviour around food and their habits and then and then being like actually you know from my point of view as a practitioner these things on this side you're doing quite well and let's just continue and then it's these two three things that we're really going to try and move and work and play with um but then yeah i suppose maybe it's maybe it's easier no i don't want to use the word easier with 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 pt and with exercise because people are more used to i don't know understanding the service or what they'll get out of it but then with me people are coming in and, and and they're not st- they're still not sure like okay i'm seeing a nutritionist for an hour what are you going to do just give me a meal plan yeah and it's like well s- for some people that might be the most important thing because yep. they can't organize um how to build a plate of food like a balanced plate of food you know i know that term's a bit all over the place as well but but then it's yeah that's what i'm kind of battling with a little bit especially when i when i advertise what i do and speak to people and people are emailing me because i'm doing a bit more social media now and they're and they're like so what do i get and it's like well what do you want yeah (laughs) yeah what do you want from me because that because that's what you can get so and people just uh yeah it's the the association of the value for me as a nutritionist isn't quite there but i suppose more so now do you feel like people that wouldn't have wanted pt or thought about pt being on their radar do you think that that's different yeah i think I, I get similar questions and i think um you're totally right and i'll backtrack to your question in a second but i think any personal trainer that isn't like working with nutritionists or isn't at least considering outsourcing to nutritionists doesn't appreciate how big nutrition and the whole lifestyle piece is for their clients yet they will because mm. when they start figuring out that they're training someone five times a week and their progress is fairly limited because they're not sleeping not eating well then they'll figure out they either have to do something about that and learn more about nutrition or actually work in tangent with the nutritionist to go through that mm. and i think like you said like a meal plan might be very important and it might be what people need and i get that all the time when i go into a personal training session and i do an assessment with someone and they're 
you know, they have had injuries in the past, they used to play sport, right now they're quite sedentary, they might be uh, a little older, they might be, you know, many things, and they come in and they're like, what, I'm not allowed to, you know, run and sprint and do all of these crazy things and do backflips and whatever, and I'm like, no, you're not, um, and then you have to educate that on them on that, because it's based on their assessment, and I think it's the same thing as a nutritionist, like, you see what you have and then you recommend based on what they want mm. you know and then you have to work with that as like an educational piece mm. um but the whole trial of people finding me in a different scenario is exactly what matt was saying it's just it depends what people want now i think it's like you know i used to i went to <laughs> i don't want to you know, be, be in crossfit for a while i went to regionals on a team um and um i've seen what group training is and i'm still a big advocate of group training mm. uh, and i still love it and i still play sport now and i love team sport and i love individual sport but i think group training has helped educate people into understanding fitness and parameters and how they feel and how they might compare to other people and what beginner medium and advanced might be like and you know uh, barry's and one rev on all these other group training kind of f45 like scenarios crossfit mm. um has helped to bring it to the forefront of people's minds but then no matter what and you know i used to be a head coach at a crossfit facility i've worked to develop other crossfit gyms i've written programs for groups so you know i am a big fan of it so i'm not trying to slam in any way but people will at some point reach a plateau or they'll get injured that's just the case in anything and this is not crossfit because like i said i went to regionals i love it um but no matter what the risk and the reward is going to keep tipping and the more that people want to make progress the more potentially they're going to risk and then i think this is where a pt um works perfectly because you can you know i've worked with people who have used to do five Barry's class a week. And the first thing that I tell them Ooh. to do, yeah, the first thing I tell them to do is not stop doing Barry's because I'm like, they clearly have a behavioral and psychological and physical reason they're doing it. I'm just like, cool, do you want to change one of those to a PT session? Mm. And they'll go, yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, so now I have one hour plus or minus maybe 30 minutes because I might email them and text them and whatever and do personal stuff Mm. um which i think is also included in personal training which matt would agree with like if you buy a consultation it's not like here's what your one hour this is all you're getting like we do prep work well you can do prep work before and after and do other stuff um yeah we're just looking at the snow outside um and then i'm like all right i've got this amount of time to try and make this person feel better look better (laughs) get stronger enjoy their life more um create some kind of relationship, you know, create some adherence, so many things. And that's what I think the personal training really is. And then like, this has actually happened to me two or three months ago. The client came to me and went, actually, I don't want to do four barriers anymore. I actually want to do two PT sessions and three barriers. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. And they're like, actually right now, like finances, I can't do more, but I think it'd be better off if I do one home session that you help me write and I'll pay for that and then do two PTs and then only do two barriers. And they came up with it. Because they start to understand when I'm in the session, I'm talking to them, I'm helping them and they're feeling better and their hormones are better and their sex drive feels better and they're sleeping better Mm. because I'm like, yeah, this is probably what your training should feel like and look like. And therefore they naturally go to that. Mm. And I think nutrition and sleep is part of that conversation and everything and your lifestyle and your amount of walking you do and what your hydration and all that stuff is so part of that. And that's why when you work with anyone who is more specialized and you know educated in their field and experience should i say really 
they'll start to be like, this is what you need based on what you've told me and based on what you want. Mm. And then it becomes the job of a coach to do that properly. Like I always use hydration as an example because I'm like, no debates are out there about water being bad. You know, people can talk about red wine being like, oh, it's healthy for me and coffee and all this other crap. But like water is good for you. Like, but why don't people drink more water? Yeah. You know, is it because they like it only cold so you need to put a fridge near their desk is it that they forget therefore they need to put an app on their phone to remind them is it that they don't like the taste of water and they want some like lime in there or is it that they pee a lot and maybe they need to change their salt intake like there's so many things that are part of that picture that it's not good enough to write a food pan and be like here you go two liters of water Mm. and i'm like that's terrible that's not bad advice but to me that's terrible coaching because you haven't actually asked why they're not drinking water or what their opinions are on water. And that's the stuff that like Matt and I are so passionate about to be like, this is how you help people as opposed to just like cookie cuttering some advice and putting it out there. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's just taking, yes, yeah, the client comes in and they have their own opinions because now there's so much information out there. And I've said it on a few, mm-hmm. on a few kind of stories online recently is that are finding a few more people are coming to me and, and, and purchasing a session, not because they want a particular health outcome or or they or they want to change things. They just they're just reading and learning about so much stuff and they want a, a practitioner or a professional or whatever you want to call it to to, to kind of um, yeah give their opinion. Yeah. Which I really like because it's it's I've seen this thing on YouTube or you know there's this there's this article um online or, or whatever it is and you know like you said with the red wine or the coffee or something like that and then it's like from your experience what do you think and we we're talking about this before we were recording it's one of the things where we're still young practitioners both us jamie and i late 20s but we've done five or six years now probably jamie a bit more maybe seven as as coaches or practitioners or whatever you want to call it and we're then starting to build that experience with clients and and it's taking it's taking that and being like right okay this is what I've read, um, this is what I've done with with X amount of people in the past, but then actually this is what uh, is specific to you and and what you've done in the past and what you know and how you how you do things and and then you kind of need to find that sweet spot. So you know we can get technical and I'll and I'll probably ask ask James some, some questions and things in terms of how you set up to you know assess a client in terms of movement etc etc but it is for me it's that it's that sweet spot and then once once the person i suppose comes in and is looking to do sessions with you as as a pt it's then your job to try and obviously convince them to do more to build your business but then you know to help them and then that natural process of they want to purchase more and it becomes it becomes a norm because they trust you and then everyone wins really don't they at the end of the day you get a loyal client or it's one of those things where you become popular, you can put your price point up. Yeah. And that's something, yeah, I suppose, actually, maybe that's, oh, keep falling over. Maybe that's a better question from you as a coach, um, as you become more experienced, more popular, whatever you want to call it, how have you found potentially looking to charge more or, you know, to make things more efficient or to, if you go on a course and you've spent money yeah. and, and you want to then charge more, <coughs> Is, is it a tough one? Do you get anxious like, oh, our clients are going to leave me or am I actually worth 100 an hour? Am I worth 200 an hour? Yeah. Am I worth 50? That's that's probably something interesting to explore. It is. I think um, the fact that we're, you know, quote unquote young, um, you know, people in the field, I think it's hard because genuinely I don't want to like 
I like Matt and I are friends because we just share a lot of the same philosophies and we just like helping people. Like when we were at university, we cooked with each other. Like used to buy drinks for each other. Like we're just those kind of people. And it doesn't that money to us is like a bit different. Like we're not money hungry. And if we were, being in our field <laughs> isn't the, isn't no. the profession you want to be in anyway. No. Um, but I think there's a big dichotomy <laughs> between wanting to help people and then charging what you're worth. Mm. Um, and I think. For me, I you know this this year you know twenty eighteen um, is a bit of a bit of a transition year anyway, um, and it was the first year I didn't change my prices um, in January, and I also but I also didn't do any January offers, mm-hmm. um, so you know in past years I've been able to take in up to like four times the amount in January than I normally would. Doesn't mean that. I actually earn that money over time because those are like session packs or whatever. Yeah. And so I would have to still work those sessions in February and March. But, you know, putting like a 30% discount for a new client or a 40% or a mm. referral scheme or whatever made it so I could do that. And then this year I decided to do neither, to neither raise my prices nor do any discounts. And actually I managed to pick up a couple of clients anyway, mm. even though I didn't, I wasn't actively looking because my schedule was pretty busy at the time. Um, and I think it's, I haven't actually had any personal... I had one personal kickback when I did raise my prices about six months to a year ago because uh, I was transitioning from working in a different facility um, and that person actually said... I actually knew it was a hard price point for them but I wanted to be fair on everyone and I raised everyone's prices mm. um, and they stopped working me for two weeks and then they came straight back in. Um, and for some people, I was very much... It's showing that value to be like... I went on a course, I did that, I actually did do a course in January actually, um, and it was seeing how, and I tell people I do them, and I tell people what I want from them before, my own clients, and then they'll see the changes, or no changes, as I go through, and they'll be like, oh, this guy, at least he is trying to stay ahead of the curve, and I think people appreciate that, and it doesn't have to be, oh, now a whole session is different, it might just be a small tweak in a warm-up, it might be a small tweak in the philosophy, like one of the courses I went to recently, I learned very little about any scientific principles, but they taught me a bit about where you stand and you're cueing on someone and like not using your hand so that you can use your hand for other things. Um, and it was something really small like that. And I paid <laughs> over a thousand US dollars to basically learn so well, something that was like that. That was a like... It was a movement course. Oh, and so you, so I didn't you learn anything. the client. Yes. How, how you stand and where you go. Yes. Because, mate, those tiny little subtleties that you think about, yeah. all these other people are cracking on to these yeah. to these hit gyms that are like nightclubs. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, and they just turn on the music and they're fl- like flogging people on treadmills and with dumbbells. And then you're, you know, as a PT, that's the difference yeah. between people that coach and then other people that just turn on music and thrash and yeah. it's just oh, but we were talking about it just before because we were talking about rugby because we we're big rugby fans and just before we start recording and you know Matt said you know it's about how people perceive things and how you explain stuff that make people connect with things and that's the kind of stuff that he's going to specialize in and he's thinking about all the time to be like how do I communicate effectively to actually help my client because mm. like anyone can write a good food plan anyone can like put some advice out there but what does it actually mean for that person and those are the small things that I think like you say you can go online and 
buy a nutrition plan off a very you know a very well established person but will it work for you maybe but probably not like if you work with a personal trainer or a personal nutritionist or whatever it may be mm. the likelihood of them actually helping you and thinking about you like i have woken up like not even kidding like woken up in the middle of the night being like ah like that's how i'm going to create a single arm like progression with someone whose like trap is overactive that i want them to be able to do that because they said they want to paint their ceiling you know that's the <laughs> kind of stuff that I will actually think about because yeah. I actually am interested in it. You know, mm. that's the difference. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, when someone said like, what well, that's all you learned from a course. I was like, yeah, unfortunately that is, you know, I learned nothing new, but I was like, yeah, if I use my foot to put into their lower back and then I can stand sideways and use my hand to be like, Hey, can you keep your chest here? Then I've created two points of contact for like a physical cue, but didn't need to use my hand. Mm. on my right side so now my hand could do something else you know and so I was like no that's interesting um and I learned a few things about pressure points mm. and, and that's kind of it mm. <laughs> um but there's that specificity is not for everyone so yeah you know there'll be a ton of people listening to this that they 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 might run a little bit on their own or they might do uh group classes and and they might exercise a bit and and then that's actually fine we're not saying everyone has to have has to have that personal approach but I think the, the culture now is people are are seeing and hearing more about exercise and obviously we can go online and see all these coaches and people do technical stuff so I suppose I think I don't know especially in London because um, obviously it's a bit of a hub people that might have just gone and done a little bit of casual exercise are now going to these gyms and, and they're being thrown bits of equipment at them um, like you said that the high intensity movement is just like rampant and people are busy and and you know like oh they've got so many things going on and and all these places are kind of requiring them to move fast yeah and I think it was like the guy that oh who was it I think it was Ed the chap that I work with with doing some of the North Face stuff is that always sits with me when we first met and he's a huge advocate of moving well and progressing and you know making sure you're doing things that work for your body and he's just like I don't understand all these places that make people do burpees or jump on and off the floor if someone can't actually necessarily do a push-up yeah because they can't press themselves off the ground but then they're doing reps on reps on reps and then unfortunately people will then do those maybe you know not break themselves but maybe not feel good and then just kind of exist whereas a few others will seek people like yourself out and be like, actually, Jamie, I'm, I'm not feeling great. And it's not like they're broken, but no. like you said, they might just, their, their shoulders, ankles, lower backs, they just, they might just not be functioning normally. Yeah. I think um, that whole taking your health and fitness into your own hands is so good. Like, mm. I love it when I watch a group class and I'm like, these all these people are here mm. to make themselves better. Like, they've come... And it makes me feel great, but also so responsible mm. to be like, they've come to you or they've come to this place to really better themselves. Mm. And we as professionals just have the responsibility to actually make them better and not lie to them. Mm. Like, I'm fine with like a group class and explaining everything. And I like, I live and breathe that and I can run a group class, you know, with my eyes closed. Right. Mm. Yeah, but I experience. Exactly. But I tell them, I'm like, you have these options and I've seen Matt do it too be like you can do this or you can do this or you can do this like you can single leg jump or you can lunge or you can split squat Mm. and if they choose with the education to not do what might be better for them then that's up to them Mm. and I feel good about that but if I see a box jump and I see you know an over fat 
you know, person who has poor ankle mobility, who can't really jump. And I'm like, you can step up onto the box or you can jump. I would say if you can't jump higher than 24 inches in 10 reps in 20 seconds, then you should probably step up and they choose to jump anyway. That's their responsibility. But I've told them like, if your body weight to strength ratio is X or you feel like this or your knee hurts or whatever, you will get more benefit from stepping on this box as opposed to jumping on it. And they pick my advice to use it. I'm like, great. This is someone who is not just doing something passively. They're very active in their decision. And then they'll find me later or they'll find Matt later to be like, oh, why did you say that? Or like, you know, what can I do to eventually be able to box jump or, you know, whatever that, that may be. And that's why I love the group training thing. But equally, bad group training will convince people that burpees are good for them when I'm like burpees aren't good for you or they're just not the best for you mm. like, there's other things that might be better and maybe it'll be a no push-up burpee or maybe it'll be a burpee onto it like you're on a box or maybe it'll just be a star jump or whatever it may be mm. you've got to actually think about that and I think it's just naive and irresponsible for people to stand at the front and say this is the best way forward or like this is the only training that works for you or you know this is perfect for you when it isn't and either people are ignorant and don't know that or they're lying Uh, either way they're not doing anything for our profession which Mm. is something that you know Matt was saying like where do you want to go a little bit like before we were recording about like where do I want to go with my career and how I want to do stuff and I said to him I do actually want to put more content out there not to you know generate more business per se but just to better the industry that we work in Mm. um, because only then will then better people make it faster to the top and then more people will get better you know in a world where food is superfluous and um culture of eating is still high and people are getting overweight and diseases out there i think it is important that i think our professions will always stay where they are because people will eventually want to take their you know health into their own hands and live long and prosper and all that stuff Mm. and get around i think people listening to this it's important that if you are going to classes or you are doing personal training or you are at a park run or I don't know, you're a member of like a a forum and you, and you take content from people or you take a thrashing or you're in a group class, like don't be afraid to ask the why. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the coach taking it or the practitioner or the professional, they might not necessarily know. Um, but then if it's something small, then that's not a problem because they can go away and they can, and they can come back to you with an answer but then sometimes if they don't know what they're doing, especially from a training point of view, they can't tell you why they're putting an exercise in or what's happening. You know, you should question that. Yep. And it's not saying like, oh, that person's bad. I'm never going to go back. But then I suppose from a coaching standpoint, they'll then learn. They're like, oh, yeah, I can't just throw that in because I'm a little bit tired personally and I've just not really bothered to plan this class. But actually, like you said, those people that have come in, it's not going to work for them. And I've got nothing, you know, I've got nothing against people now that go on their, you know, on their Instagrams or Twitters or, or their stories and they, they put on this different voice because I do it sometimes with a big feed up. I'm like, right, everyone, we're in. And you have this persona, which is which is great because I'm in my own kitchen and I'm trying to create theatre. But then when I'm actually sitting in front of someone yeah. <laughs> nutritionally and they're asking me something, it's slightly different because it's like, uh, oh, right, yeah, it's something where I'm trying to become more honest to be like, this is my experience this is what I think we can do. Yep. However, I will come back to you with with the full write up because I do need to look at X, and it 
people I find are asking more questions, which is good. And if you're listening to this and you do go to gyms and 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 you're always interested in, or, or you, I suppose no, you're more interested now in understanding why the coach or the practitioner or whatever is doing what they're doing. Um, ask the questions. Like say last night we had what was it 25 26 people in the park with this with this you know running strength and conditioning stuff I do with with Ed and with and with North Face and um we it always goes quiet when when Ed throws out a so guys why do you think I put this exercise in or uh what what's this and he'll point to a body part and everyone's just silent because the culture is just everyone's used to turning up and taking being told what to do yeah and it's like okay so why have we gone from sprinting to then doing uh squats to then doing some single leg hinge work. Yeah. And it's like, so what's going on here with this hinge and why have we got one leg off the ground? Yeah. Everyone's just totally silent. Yeah. Because all the other classes they go to, they're like, right, you're going to train, then you're going to fuck off. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, damn it, I swore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, when you were talking trying. about personas, yeah. Oh, and, like, was... before we started recording, that's, like, throwing stuff out there, like, being so open, and I'm like, actually, this is me normally. Nah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, I did say after that first episode, she texted me, and she was like, sounds really good, but you swore too many times. <laughs> so I was, like, really trying to be good this time. But anyway, let's let's get back on track, and, and basically, I think an interesting one for me <clears throat> to ask you, because obviously you're more informed in terms of coaching, and you, and you do a lot of stuff for people that move. Say someone's listening to this, they don't have a PT, they do go to group classes or they run, say, because there's, there's half marathons, marathons, things like that coming up, cycling. People are doing uh, charity things at work. Yeah. Before they Tough exercise, matter. you know, in quote, in air quotes, a warm up. Yeah. What do you like in terms of, okay, people understand they need to get fresh, clean blood going around the body, get their heart rate up. Everyone knows how to do that. They move. Yeah. But from, from a standpoint of, okay, if they have been sitting or they've been lying in bed all night or they are just not quite feeling sharp. Can, I don't know. Can you give a few, you know, a couple, a couple of minutes if someone has before they go out for a run or before they, if they get to a class early. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously they have access to to the treadmill or or to a skipping rope or to a bike. You know they can elevate their heart rate. What else would you do as a regular person? Yeah. To to kind of cue the body, get the body going for a session. Yeah. So um, I haven't got loads of runners, so I'm not as experienced as Matt, and like particularly not his like super endurance and. Uh, he's had he's got friends or we've got mutual friends that decide to go <laughs> crazy like mountain running and stuff like that like I've worked with <laughs> like uh, James Jass who's literally like a lunge guru um, and I've learned a lot from him just from seeing stuff but I would just lunge in so many directions before mm. you do anything so uh, I like the lunge because you're splitting the legs in some way like when you run you're gonna essentially do lots of mini lunges anyway um you're moving the spine in a safe way for most people and so i would if you think of the body and i might try to stand there because you can't see me but if you think of like you've got a line in front of you a line to the side of you and a line diagonally i would try and get in every plane of those positions some kind of forwards and backwards lunge and so three sets of ten of reverse lunges side lunges and you know diagonal lunges or lateral lunges or whatever you want to call it you can't even do it that wrong i think one thing that i like to recommend on a very blanket thing is to tell people stuff that they probably even if they get it wrong they're not going to hurt themselves Um, and if you lunge you probably won't get it wrong and you can split squat and you can put your hands in the air and you can rotate towards the knee to activate your glute a bit more you know there's loads of cool stuff you can add and do that which is what i would do 
in a PT session, but no matter what, I would lunge in some way. And then I would do something uh, with the ankle specifically. And so there's some, uh, like, you know, I've got a runner actually that I'm working with now. And all I get her to do uh, is to actually just stand on one leg. And if she's got something like a water bottle, she's just passing the water bottle like, around her body mm. uh, on both ways, you know, over whatever it may be. And it's just to create a little bit of like stability in the ankle, a little bit of proprioception, a little bit of whatever you want to call it, um, so that she actually feels like that's there. If she can do that barefoot, even better. If she can't, that's fine. I just want her to feel the big toe, the little toe, and her heel in the ground the whole time. Um, and something to do with that. If you can, like, do some toe work, so you're actually feeling what your toes feel like, um, or, like, coming up onto, like, your toes and coming down. If you've got a step, you can do, like, some, like, little calf raises to, like, stretch the Achilles a bit. If you want to get fancy, you can go two to one, where you're going, like, two legs up, and then eccentrically load one side, two legs up, eccentrically load the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, like, Matt's probably someone who has more knowledge in that department than I do really um, but that's what I would recommend and like if someone's driving for three hours and they have to refuel after an hour and a half I would get them to do some lunges whilst they're refueling their car because mm. I'm like why not like you're stuck in like a closed hip position the whole time and you just want to open it up it'll make your back feel better it'll move some blood around it'll move some lymph around mm. it will just get your heart rate up a tiny bit um, so all of those things are the small stuff that I would be like, hey, why not? And they're like, yeah, I look a bit silly. I'm like, you'll feel better though. Mm. I promise you'll feel better. So just go and do it. Yeah, so you crack so you crack that little kind of primer, whatever you want to call it. You've got your body warm. So you've gone and, you know, you've done a little bit of uh, running or cycling or jumping and, and you're kind of involved in the session, I suppose. That, that made me think actually the stuff that you're, that you're, you know, a lot more knowledgeable about is that whole, what are you training for? in terms of you know let's use let's use the term energy systems and i'm learned that massively when we when we got back together when you came back from hong kong because i was obviously i was always training in that fast and hard mentality and it's a bit like actually what are you achieving out of this session and how much rest do you need yeah i think it's good to explore that because i remember when you sent me over some stuff and it was it was you're going to move quickly and then you're going to take 12 minutes rest and it's like what no rest for twelve minutes of my life. Yeah. In a in a in a session, an yeah. exercise session, and obviously people can't package that up because no one would pay for that class. Like, yeah. Right, move. Yeah. But then actually now that people are taking training into their own hands and they might do a PT or a class, but then they actually fizz themselves once or twice a week personally. Or can you? I don't know. Just maybe run over that that whole thing with. We well, don't have to give away all of your all of your nuggets, <coughs> but just that. You know, being aware of how much rest you need to, to amount of movement to, to deliver a, I don't know, to become more efficient. Yeah. People are constantly trying to move quick, and then you see them get 40 reps in or whatever, and it's like you're doing nothing. Yeah. Like, is that even helping? Yeah, like that. I love that because that was something that I definitely two or three years ago I was really, really into educating people about, and I think when like we were doing stuff you were like oh I don't really understand it and I'm like just go and do it like once you go and do it you'll realize um and then when you went and did it you're like I can't do this yeah. <laughs> let me do it again and then you try to fix it and I think the biggest misnomer in group training um is when people say it's high intensity right we had this big discussion of what intensity is and for me I don't want to go down so many rabbit holes that I can talk about in terms of like lactate threshold and anaerobic power and like aerobic like um like endurance and muscle endurance and CP battery and all this like weird sciencey stuff. But essentially, 
if you're not measuring what you're doing, you don't know your intensity. So if you're in a Barry's class, right, and I've done Barry's, so it's cool. Um, I'm not being weird and like assuming that I, you know, I'm just talking out my bum. So people um, that don't know what that is, that's basically just running and yeah. doing stuff. It's a form of it's a, it's so it doesn't like I'll, I'll use Barry's. Actually, I'll just use as a circuit as an in example because it makes yeah. it easier, right? So if you're doing any kind of circuit training, so it's like squats on one minute, yeah. burpees on another minute, running on another minute. Let's just 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 use that as an example. A thrashing. Yeah. If you're not measuring what you're getting, then how do you know your intensity? So if I did you know, 30 squats in one minute and because I'm an absolute ninja, I did 40 burpees <laughs> in another minute. Yeah. Um, depending on what you think is a burpee. Um, and then ran for, you know, whatever, 400 meters in, on the third minute. And then the next round, you run the exact same and the next round, you run the exact same. The next round, you run the exact same and your heart rate is roughly plus or minus 10% from the first round to the last round. I would call that aerobic training. Because your energy system you're using is generally aerobic, right? So, which means if I were to run a marathon, that's my aerobicness. Mm. If you did the exact same session and you got the exact same score, and then every round thereafter, you get less and less and less and less till the last round, you're doing like five burpees in one minute because you're sweating so much <laughs> and you're breathing so hard that you're like, oh, high five, like I can't even do anything. Like <laughs> that to me is just fatigue training that is like flooded with lactate. Your heart rate's super high and it feels great because your body's basically stopping you from dying mm. right that's what it's doing it's like i'm going to ramp up your heart rate i'm going to ramp up your blood pressure i'm going to ramp up your cortisol i'm going to put epinephrine adrenaline in your system mm. and it's going to keep you alive and you finish it and you're like oh bro that was so good like i feel so bad but i feel so <laughs> good right that's fine right that's sport that's testing that's whatever you want to call it right but if you do that five days a week then something's going to give Unless you're a pro athlete and you're eating 8,000 calories mm. and you're sleeping mm. nine hours a night plus two naps and you're having like hydration sorted <laughs> and you're having massages to dampen Sauna. your CNS and you're yeah. doing hydrotherapy Bone and you're, you're rock, you know, and then it's cool. You can do that maybe twice a day, three <laughs> times a week, right? And that's if you're on it. If not, then I would say you probably want to do that maybe once a week, maybe never. Right, depending on yeah. what it's doing to you. Like, yeah. if it's just on a bike, then I'm more okay with it. Although you are a bit kyphotic in your upper back, which we discussed about mm. the assault bike and all that stuff. Mm. Um, if it was like a treadmill, then I'm less okay with it because most people don't run very well. Mm. So I think when you look at your training and people call it high intensity, what does that actually mean? To me, proper high intensity training is something where you go really, really fast, you rest the appropriate amount. And then if you go really fast again, you get the same score, mm. right? That to me is high intensity. And that, if that means you have to rest for 12 minutes to get the same score, then that's the rest you need, mm. right? Remember that everyone, including myself as a personal trainer, has limited amount of time. So I can't do proper, you know, anaerobic lactic power training with my athletes because... I don't have two hours to do that training session. Mm. Therefore, I have to adapt it. And every group class is the same. If they run a 30-minute or a 45-minute or a one-hour class, we have to base the training on the time we have, mm. which is a limiter. So they should know with the limitations and how long it takes for lactate to clear and what mm. people's heart rates are and how much central nervous system development they have and whatever, what they want. And so when they say, hey, pick a dumbbell, you can choose any weight you want. And I'm like, hang on a minute. 
What does that mean though? Mm. So if I can press 100 kilos overhead and I pick a 10 kg dumbbell to do, you know, a press or a squat or a whatever, and someone else can press a 50 kilos overhead, but they pick the same dumbbell weight, the workout will be different, mm. right? And that's the same for anyone. If you can't do a strict push up and you do burpees and someone like Matt can do 40 strict push ups in a minute, mm. Their workout will feel different and not only feel different, their bodies will respond differently, adapt differently, require different recovery, have different amounts of delayed onset muscle soreness, mm. you know, all of those things. So that's why. So when I run a group class, I say, if you don't have a straight push up, this is what I would recommend. If you can't body weight back squat for eight reps, then this is what I would recommend. If you don't have a double body weight deadlift, then this is what I would recommend. Don't do kettlebell swings at this way. Don't kettlebell swing at all. If you have a back issue, you know, whatever it may be, that is still fine. You know, that's why in a group class, you can still do really good training. But someone should be able to say to you at the end of the session, you're like, oh, I think next week I'm going to do heavier dumbbells for this movement or, or a heavier barbell. Why do you think I should do that? Or do you think it'll be right for me? And if they go, oh, is your goal to get stronger or is it to get more muscle enduring or are you not feeling this? And then you're like, oh, okay, this is actually what I want. And they're like, okay, because of that, I would actually recommend you lifting a heavier weight, having longer rest and doing less reps mm. or the reverse. Mm. Or they're like, actually, this class isn't for you. You should do a different class where there's like no loud music so you can actually hear what you're doing mm. <laughs> or a coach that actually can actually help you feel what your lower back's doing, whatever it may be. Mm. But that's like my, I spoke for ages, but like that's my like piece on my energy system and actually yeah. fitting it all in. But it's a continuum, isn't it? It's for people that, I don't know, I was, I was at this um, event yesterday and, and you know, speaking to people about my service as a, as a nutritionist and you can tell with some people that it's on their radar and they really want to know and they really want to um, progress and, and work together and obviously I'm the person that's in front of them. So they're going to choose me as a nutritionist on that day, but they're, they're just there, they're in it. Whereas others are kind of, you know, it's not even, it's not really on their radar and I try and introduce myself and they're a bit like, oh, no, no, no. And they discount everything or they're a bit like, yeah, I'm not really aware of that or, and that's absolutely fine. So it's one of those things where as, as a continuum in terms of, okay, um, I'm actually now going to want to exercise more. That's really good. I'm pain free. Let's start adding in X. Let's start adding in Y. So some of this chat may seem quite specialist for some people, and that's absolutely fine. But there's no reason why as you start to enjoy it or you then are, I suppose, dedicating more time to nutrition or to exercise, then, yeah, taking a little bit of onus. It's good to pay someone or to go to a class for them to structure it for you. But then, like Jamie said there, if you've been doing it for a little while and, and you're not changing or you're not seeing where you, what you want to see, it's then a bit like, hmm, what am I working towards? Am I trying to build an engine so that I can run for four hours to do a marathon? Or am I trying to, um, you know, get a little bit stronger so then when I move house, I can, like, lift all these boxes? Yep. Or I can... Um, I, I, I don't know, I can, like, carry my kids. Yep. Because um, that's always one. a big one. You know, someone who's, who's like, got a young family. And yep. like, I can't actually take my one-year-old around yeah. the house. Or my one-year-old's getting heavier. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, so, he's going to be a two-year-old. And he's going to be a three-year-old. Yeah. And I want to be able to go in the park. So that's when it's like... Them. Yeah, so that's when it's like... Sorry to cut you off. But that's when it's like, right, okay, actually, you know, what am I lifting here? Or what am I doing here? And then how much of this session is is 
requiring me to use my let's just say endurance tank or which which bit of this section yeah. is requiring me to use that fast energy we can definitely have another podcast if people want it and let us know on like right we're going to break down each each kind of uh, section of, of an energy system yeah. and be like this is what zero yeah. to ten seconds looks like this yeah. is what two minutes looks like this is what 50 minutes looks like but it takes time and then especially I'm finding with the people that 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 we that I coach a little bit with with Ed and the North Face stuff and that this whole running and ultra running is becoming so popular. It's yeah. slightly dangerous because yeah. people are going from oh yeah I've done a bit of like five k but I've entered this ultra and it's like what do you mean like no yeah you need to you need to understand that you have to build a base you need to look after your joints yeah you know you're working you're drinking like there's so many things going on like running for six hours it. It, it might work for it for for just sneaking into an event, but then months later, when you're super ill and you've got other things going on, it's it's important to understand that this this stuff takes time, um and and there's pressures now. People are all doing loads of crazy events, or they're seeing other people change their body compositions, and they're like, oh, I want to get in on this now. So it's it's almost taking the onus to be like, actually, I've, I've taken some information from from a professional, and I understand that. To, to actually get stronger to be able to carry one of my kids properly it could take four or five months yep. um, whereas oh, actually training for this race again I'll have to build a base or you could be already there quite naturally and you can start adding some specificity and your body adapts really quickly like one of the lads yesterday that, that I work with one of my colleagues he was just about like yeah I've, I've eaten a bit more in the last few months and I've, and I've added one more weight session and I've put on three kilos why is that Matt and I'm like well you put more into your body and you're lifting another day of the week. Yeah. So luckily, genetically, and obviously from things you're you're doing with with your lifestyle, your body's responded in a positive way, and you put on lean mass. Yeah. Whereas somewhere else it, it might not. Yeah. Or they just expect something to happen without taking onus. Like yeah. take advice, professional advice, but then also walk into that session or walk into that to that you know run or whatever you're doing and think, oh, this is what I'm getting out of it, or this is what I want to achieve. So you don't just need to close your eyes and start thrashing yourself yeah. and, and wonder why you're so tired or you can't move very effectively. Yeah, and I think um, it's so good and like we see all the time that people are willing to put more time into their yeah. passions and into their, you know, their goals and whatever. And I'm like, if you're willing to put so much of your time and effort, you know, effort's a big one, then like respect yourself and spend a little bit more time and money and mindset to actually invest in working with someone who really cares about what you want to achieve. And I think that's the big thing. When you get to a point, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I don't train and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you're probably not going to be able to justify paying this much money to do one hour a week because you're just not there yet. Mm. And that's totally fine. Loads of mm. people who like, like recommend people, I'm just like your friend or your colleague or whatever. It's just like they're not there yet to work with me they're just never going to be there yet and it's the same thing with a nutritionist they're like oh i'm still like you know eating mcdonald's three times a week you're like well my advice to you would be like let's just get to somewhere here and then come back to me like in a couple of weeks when you've actually decided you're actually ready to make some change and this is where i've got awkward conversations where i've had like couples buy personal training sessions for like the other half and it's always like a bit like a backhanded like <laughs> like get gift to be like here you go like I got you 10 sessions with this really good guy yeah. and it never really works because they don't want to do it because they don't want to do well, it they're not ready they're not ready right mm. and so that's totally cool <laughs> but I'm like if you are you know ready and thinking about it and ready to invest then just just do it and see what you get out of it because no matter what you'll learn something and even if you learn the fact that it's not for you you're like okay 
it's not for you mm-hmm. yet. And this is why for most people, I, you know, I have worked with people who have had injuries or have had some surgery or had had some issues because they're already at the point where I don't have to convince them in 30 minutes. Yeah. I can do tricks and I've done it before when I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some like neural stretching or I'm going to do some like breathing work. And then all of a sudden your squat improves. And really I'm just like trying to sell them something to be like, hey, I can help you here. But for the most people I work with, I'm like, I don't need to do anything flashy because I'm like, this is the piece. You know that it's going to take more than one hour a week for four weeks to create change. Like Mm -hmm. if anyone can make really good change in four hours, it's going to be like, there's going to be a big issue there already. Otherwise it's going to take time to create that. So luckily I think most people who are there will just invest in themselves and they'll put time in it. And then time is the big factor, you know, like the one hour you get and sit down and talk and go through stuff isn't the magic. The magic is when you're like, I'm actually going to make these changes. I'm going to wake up and measure this. I'm going to drink some more water. I'm going to put an app on my phone. I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes if it's sunny outside. Like that's the magic. And the magic of the coach or the practitioner is to give the actual stuff that is going to help and not just give 50 things and not give one thing, but actually, and then be like, now we've done that it's been one week what's next and you're like this is next and then this is next and then this is next Uh, and it's really easy in a gym because I can just be like look at the weight here like look at what we're doing and blah 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 but as a you know practitioner it's it's about those small changes and all of a sudden you'll feel this big you know shift and you're like wow now it's gonna work or now I feel like it's working whereas we know it is working Mm. it just takes time for it to kind of come out Mm. sometimes in those where, where some people shun together if I like if I'm presenting um so I'm doing a bit more kind of corporate presentations and things and I'm always looking in the audience and I can see people who have done a bit of reading or a little bit further down that continuum because like because they I can see their facial expressions they're like well I have my own opinion on this or I have my own nutritionist or I've done a a, a lot of a lot of uh, kind of self study and I think X so Matt, you might not necessarily be right, and that's fine. But then, say the other half of the room or three quarters of the room, a lot of the things I'm saying is it's it isn't that it's new, that it, but it's more like they're they're learning and they're at a different stage. And I find sometimes the yeah speaking in front of large groups, even though it's great for my development, and I love to bring over um, concepts and topics and to be able to translate you know science into practice, whatever you want to call it. But then sometimes people ruin it because they'll they'll be like, well, this, this, and this, and they like to flex their practical knowledge. Yeah. It's like, well, that's fine. Come come to me at the end, and we can debate and talk because I know you're further down that continuum. Yeah. And we can start off from X, whereas yeah. the other 50 people in the room, they're starting off at Y, and, and I'm making them aware of it, and then they need to go away, and maybe half of them will think, actually, I'm going to try some of these things and give it a go. Yep. So, so yeah, it is, it is interesting who you meet and people are, you know, talking about things, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's both training, you know, with, might as well just be honest, training, exercise, and nutrition, they're hot topics like they never have been before, and people have access to so many different things and classes, and especially in cities, you've got... Well, I nearly swore again there. You've got um, you know, you've got like like hammock yoga sessions now, or you've got you've got um people, you know, you've got people taking weights and doing explosive training in swimming pools and and things like that. And it's yeah, you've got and people it, like taking it, supplementations in their like 
briefcases and I can see them with their little like BCAA tablets and their little like creatine yeah. leucosane yeah. You know, stuff so so I suppose the thing is because obviously we you know I'd like to do another episode and we can if, if I take feedback and questions and say from Jamie we can hit a specific topic yeah but I think it's it's almost like understanding where you're at what you want to achieve and then not being afraid to reach out to some of these popular you know people or if they're selling programs or they're selling uh sessions or whatever and quiz them and be like okay i understand you've got a huge following but what do you think about x and then you can formulate your own opinions on them and all that kind of jazz but it's just understanding where where you're at and then if your colleague or friend or 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 sibling or you know whatever is doing something like jamie was saying there they're carrying something in their bag or they're you know they're they're eating something or they're doing something in a specific way it's because they're they might be at a different, you know, they might be at a different point in their in their life, or they might have taken a load of education, or they might be doing something because it's 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 their how do I describe it? It's it's their it's where they're at at the moment, and and it's their norm, you know, for for the, for their own development in terms of their health, or they're maintaining a certain body composition, or they're doing something in a certain way. Whereas then you need to find what's going to work for you ultimately. And, and yeah, I suppose the takeaway from today and speaking to Jamie, who's who oh, it's been so good to have you on, mate, because I Cheers, know mate. that you're a you know, you're a conscious coach and, and you almost you're almost like, Yeah, sure, you know, let's work together because I can help you, but then you also need to help yourself. Yeah. And, and that and that's where you, you know, you yourself and, and definitely the other chap I work with Ed's you you both you both almost requ- you require a minimum standard from that client as well and it isn't for everyone but then when people start to work with you it opens up doors and they're like whoa this is you know this is it's not just i'm going to turn up here yeah and, and 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 just like bring a bring a, a pair of shorts and turn up um, like dehydrated and train because jamie's gonna be like actually maybe you need to go home yeah you're, you're not hydrated you haven't got the right kit didn't and, sleep yeah you've been yeah. traveling you're jet lagged like yeah. i've done that and it's funny to work with like people who own their own businesses who you know earn decent money and have a family and i'm like they're all over the place and i'm literally like no like go home go cuddle your kids and go to bed and they're like what are you talking about and i'm like i know (laughs) i know what you want to do i just doesn't make sense today like go to bed come back tomorrow and they're like but you're not going to charge me like no because i just it's my responsibility to actually give you some advice that actually is going to help you Mm. as opposed to or you know i haven't i have done that once um once twice maybe once definitely (laughs) once but or it might be like oh but we're actually just gonna sit on a rower or maybe not a rower but like do some flow work get some blood moving do some mobility work maybe work on some like hinge mechanics maybe work on some skills and then they go home and they're like oh i know why you did that because of these things and i'm like yeah i'm not gonna let you sprint on a bike or throw some weights around really heavy when you don't have those prerequisites in place Mm. um and there's a good piece and actually only three weeks ago, someone came to me and asked for them to do that with me. They were like, actually, about I was at home and I did some kettlebell swings because you know they have their own home program they follow. And they're like, I actually tweaked my lower back because I didn't warm up properly. Mm. Can we, today we just do a session where I just want to re- help me release it and we'll just do some like cardio. And they That's told great. me that. I know they told me oh, that. Man, Although he's like, <laughs> he's on it. Yeah, and that yeah, it doesn't it doesn't always what everyone else is doing but uh, mate, that's good because then you're harboring that culture yeah okay well I suppose we'll wrap it up mate where can people find out about you where do you train what are you enjoying at the moment in terms of 
I suppose most people who listen to this are going to be based London based. Yeah. So a little bit about yourself, what <coughs> you're so, doing, what you're excited about, and also I don't know where 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 you train and what and what you like at the moment. Yeah. So I'm at Lau JKB L A U J K B on Instagram. Um, I put some not as cool stuff as Matt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, um, stupid. I I do all my in person stuff um, near the Gherkin. Um, St Mary's Axis um, and I'm totally freelance now so uh, I do some stuff where people remotely so I program for people actually it's quite cool I have I think four continents because uh, oh. I've got people in the US uh, New Zealand uh, Thailand I think um, we should do a separate podcast on remote, remote stuff remote coaching yeah that's um, cool and yeah in terms of like my own stuff I retired myself from rugby like five years ago and now I've playing again this season for the King's Cross Steelers so that's been really fun really interesting to see what my body uh, has adapted and changed to um, and and yeah uh, I uh, own the training lab um, so that's ttlab.co.uk um, and yeah I think that's pretty much it cool man nice okay well yeah it's one of those things where people thanks for listening especially if you've gone the whole hog and I mean you have to split this this is too long no 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 no. we're fine we leave it people can move in and out and um, hopefully next episode I'll cut it down to zero swearing and <laughs> feedback from my mum but no as always if you listen to this please share it I'm going to be putting you know more up hopefully next month uh, big feed up HQ podcast uh, you can get it on the website you can get it through SoundCloud Please give us some feedback and rate things if you can. And yeah, let Jamie and myself know uh, if we're going to get back together, what other topics and things we can cover. Because we're living the dream here. I come over for a coffee in the morning and we hit a podcast and hopefully a little bit of breakfast. And, you know, we're not we're not stuck in the snow and, and uh, bleating around like everyone else. But thanks, lovely people. We'll wrap it up and speak soon. Cheers, Jane. Thanks. <laughs>